Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, everybody? Commit or quit family listeners. Welcome back to the show. My name is Eric. This is Eddie Nam. Yo, yo, it's Brian. All right, and welcome back to the show. Hope you guys have been doing well. Um, We are back in Seoul, um, and Eddie is still in LA, but we're back. We're just chilling. Quarantine. working. Dude, my hair has gotten so long. It makes me feel less productive. Just having really long hair. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, it's hard to look at. So it makes me feel uh, less productive as well. Just looking at you. It's just constantly scratching my face. My hair keeps blocking my eyes. So I feel half blind sometimes. But, you know, it's just the way it is. Anyways, we're back with another episode of Committer Quit. Uh, If you guys have tuned into the past few episodes, you guys already know that Committer Quit is a show where we talk about and give our initial reactions on the latest K-dramas, movies, and TV shows. And today is no exception. We have a very important commit or quit today where at the end we are going to let you know if we decide to commit to it and finish watching it or we quit it, right? And as per usual, this podcast contains spoilers, at least for the first two episodes of the series because that's what this is. We talk about it. We give you our insights. We have our little debates. Uh, If you don't like spoilers, go watch the first two episodes and you can come back. Uh, But make sure you just come back, okay? So on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing a brand new, gripping new Netflix original series. It's called Extracurricular. And it is quite dark and in some ways disturbing and uh, very mature subject matter, more so than anything that we've discussed so far on this show thus far. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, as Eric said, it it definitely is not afraid uh, to touch on some sensitive topics. It'll certainly make you feel uncomfortable at times. Um, but you know, if you're debating whether to watch it or not, you've come to the right place. Yeah, that's right. Um, we have a lot of thoughts about it, so uh, let's get ready for for another great episode of Commit or Quit. All right, here we go. Let's kick it off. Welcome back to Commit or Quit. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? All right. So um, as we just briefly explained, there is some very mature content matter in this show. Um, So we're going to give you a trigger warning. Uh, There are discussions around prostitution, um, abuse. So if these are things that trigger you, Um, please, please 
consider, reconsider if you're going to listen to this show. Um, in the drama itself, at the beginning and end of the show, they do a very, very uh, intentional job of giving out numbers and uh, resources for people who are in danger, who are in a position of abuse or needing help. Uh, and so we felt that it is necessary for us to go ahead and make that disclaimer as we go into this discussion as well. All right, so here it is. This show is called Extracurricular. In Korean, it's called Ingan Swap. Swap is class. Ingan is like person, personal. Um, and it is a South Korean crime drama series. It is a Netflix original released on April 29th, 2020. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a powerful one. Eddie, if you could go ahead and give us a Netflix synopsis of this show. Yes. A model high school student who's steeped in a world of serious crime finds his double life upended when a classmate takes an interest in his secret. Oh, that's Ooh, like, secrets. That's a much more, you know, in detail synopsis than we've had in the past. Pretty accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. pretty All right. So for reference, guys, I'm going to give you three or four main characters. The main character, the main protagonist, the person that you're rooting for is Ochi Su. He is a loner. He's awkward. He's a high school uh, senior, and uh, he's trying to get into a university. He lives by himself because his parents have ditched him. So he's pretty much an orphan. And um, there is Somini, who is a classmate of Jizu and girlfriend of the school bully. And she is a sex worker who works for quote unquote uncle. There is Peguri. Uh, she is Jizu's classmate and his crush. And she comes from a very well-to-do family. Her parents are CEOs of an entertainment company, and she has like, you know, this veneer of a perfect life. And then there's Mr. Lee. He's the old man who is known as Mr. Lee Old Man, and he is paid to protect sex workers from sketchy clients. So I think that's like the core people that you need to know. There's Ojisu again, the protagonist. There's Somini, who is a sex worker and a high school classmate. There's Peguri, who is a very wealthy girl uh, and classmate. And then there's the old man, Mr. Lee. So, um, and Eric, before we jump into that, I think it's worth mentioning mm -hmm. that, you know, Ojisu, aka the uncle, is Kim Tong-hee, who is also from Sky Castle in Itaewon class. He's the chairman, uh, Chang chairman's son. The one who has a love interest in… I forget, I'm blanking on her name. The, the main Wait, character. he's in Sky Castle? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the son of like the lawyer professor. Remember there's like the two twins? Whoa, so this guy's been in like all the big stuff. Wow. Yeah, but he's just okay. so young. He's really young. So like he hasn't like really built up like a lead character yet like this one. Yeah. So um, up until now, he's right. played a lot of supporting cast. And this time he's like… He's like the main guy. Um, all right. So let's jump into it. We're going to give you a little bit of a recap over the first two episodes. I'm not going to try to talk your ear off, but we need it so we could jump into this discussion. So again, the podcast today, language use is adult in nature. Listener discretion is advised and required, we'd like to say. Anyways, here it is. Extracurricular. So this is a high school teen drama, but it's not typical in any way. If anything, it feels like an adult teen drama. Uh, the story is very intense. It's high stake, and it is not really meant for younger audiences. So in the first two episodes, pretty much Ojisu, who is the main character, he turns out to be the kingpin of an illegal sex 
trafficking prostitution ring under the name of uncle. And the way he does it, he has a system where everybody has a cell phone and all the voices are masks and everything is kind of anonymously done. So what he does is he gets clients and he gets, uh, I guess, sex workers and he kind of puts them together uh, and people can like say, I can work now or I can't work. And he takes a commission for providing quote unquote security services with Mr. Lee. So if there is a problem that ever arises from an abusive client or they feel uncomfortable, they have like a secret bracelet that they tap. And then Mr. Lee comes in busting through the doors to beat up all the bad guys. Um, but at the same time, that's like OG's big secret. This is all anonymous. You would never expect like a young high school kid to be running such an operation. He's made a lot of money. He has it stashed away in his house. He has like a locker. He has multiple phones that he's doing stuff off of. But then everything kind of starts to fall apart when he has his crush, Peggy, who is this badass girl who is, you know, protected by the people who are in grades above. Um, so I guess I should say they're not seniors yet. They're going to be seniors. So they're all preparing for like the senior exams and kind of stuff. So all the seniors in the school, they all kind of look out for her. They got her back. And um, everything for her is very easy. She's wealthy. She's um, has all the nicest clothes and the makeup and her parents take care of her for everything, although she hates them a lot. Meanwhile, there is Homini, who's also in this class, and she is uh, one of the sex workers in the prostitution ring. And um, she obviously does this in secret. Nobody knows that she's doing this except for Chisu. But they don't know of, like, she does not know that Chizu knows because he's an anonymous, uh, I guess, middleman who's doing this. Now, things start to get a little interesting where uh, Cutie and Chizu, they meet up for a project. And it is, he's so excited to meet with her because she is his crush and he's so down to go and have coffee. He's never had coffee anytime. But he gets there. Nobody's supposed to be working that day. Tomini decides to go work on her own, but then ends up getting trapped in a very, very abusive client. And that's where there's very, very important storyline of her going down this spiral of abuse and trying to get out of, you know, the trauma of dealing with abusive clients. So that's one side. And then Cutie finds out that Chizu has an extra phone. And this phone is pretty much used to run his entire business. And mm -hmm. long story short, she tries to get in on this business with him. And he, she tries to do it from a way of being very, very two-faced by playing nice, trying to kind of lead him on, but also ending up blackmailing Chizu and threatening to expose his identity and the illegal work that he is doing. So Unless she gets while this, cut in. Right, unless business. she gets in. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, while she does this, uh, she also finds out that Chisu lives alone. And as she figures out that he has a lot of money stashed away at his apartment, she goes tr to try to steal the money. And while she does that, Chisu's dad, who's like a bum, a deadbeat, shows up, breaks into the house, finds all this cash. It's Yuktomano, so almost $60,000 worth of cash. And he runs off with it, leaving Chisu with nothing. Um, all this money was for him to, to pay to pay for college and to be able to afford his lifestyle as just like a kid living and taking care of himself. So by the end of episode two, right, what started out as a secret operation of Chisu trying to make money 
um, by doing arbitrage for clients and sex workers and providing security for them, turns into this girl, Cutie, ruining the entire system, pretty much causing Jisoo to lose $60,000 worth of money, um, and then also being blackmailed by this girl. So that's kind of like the first two episodes. I know we kind of breeze through it, but for the sake of our listeners, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but that's that's what it is. Did I you miss anything, guys? No, I thought that was mm. well, that was quite thorough. I mean, it's it's yeah. a lot to unpack here. Um, so much manipulation, a lot of blackmailing, and it makes you very uh, very sympathetic to Chizu because even though what he's doing is horribly wrong. The kid, he's still a kid and he just wants to make enough money so that he can continue going to academy and eventually uh, go to college and have a stable job. You know, something that didn't ever feel in reach with his alcoholic, gambling addicted uh, father and non-existent mother. So uh, seeing it through his lens, it's very, very, uh, very difficult to pick sides. Right. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, I was going to say all I remember from the first two episodes is just like how how much I really disliked Cutie. Like yeah. when she takes his phone and she's like running away with it and then she like steals his money or like was about to steal his money. Um, I don't know. I don't think I remember the last time I've watched a TV show and I've like just like visibly just like got red because I was like really disliked this character so much. Um, but I don't know. I think that goes to say just like how into it I was, uh, just into the TV show, which I think rarely happens whenever I watch, uh, other kind of just random TV shows, which I thought was a testament to how good it is. Eric, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think we started it. I started it just to be like, it was just all over Netflix. I'm like, I'll try it out. I don't think we had decided to talk Mm -hmm. about the show until we had all independently, just started it and we're like, this is a really good show. We have to talk about it. Um, Because I was kind of afraid that it would be bad. Um, But anyways, I agree with Brian. Like, Chisu is the protagonist and, you know, you're conflicted about feeling concerned for him and wanting to root for him because he is doing, he's pretty much a pimp. He's like a modern day pimp is what it is, right? Um, And he says, no, I'm just providing security services. But then there's this girl, Cutie, who's literally just ruining this kid's life, this orphan's life. Um, He has nobody to take care of him. He's completely alone. He starts crying when, like, she even says anything like, hey, like, good job. You're taking care of yourself. And he starts to cry because he says, nobody's ever told me good job. Nobody's ever said they're proud of me in any way. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, oh, my God, this kid is just the most neglected, sad, lonely kid ever. And this girl, to her, it's all a game. It's like, how can I manipulate this guy? How can I make money? How can I steal from other people as she steals some other stuff like from classmates? Like, as I'm watching this, I agree with Brian. Like, I hated this girl. Right. I I hated this girl so much. It made me think of the girl Kang Yezhou from, is it Yezhou from Sky Castle? Where I was like, I hate this girl. That's- that's when Dude. you know the acting is really good. <laughs> I thought they were the same person until I looked them up. Don't you think? Is that Brian? I think you have an issue. Same? I think you have an issue of Brian. You of have... you just thinking all Asian Maybe people look person- like. <laughs> no, it was the, it <laughs> the personalities. They shared very similar personalities. I think. Um, no, they did have know. very I similar thought... personalities. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess to add to that, it's uh, it's interesting. It, obviously, they're both very driven. They do well in school and they come from wealthy families. But Cutie is certainly a little bit darker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she she has such a safety net. For her, it's all about the thrill. And this is a very familiar mm-hmm. storyline you see with super rich kids. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they do well in school. They can suck up and uh, on the outside look very, very put together. But they're just like, I'm so effing bored. And what do bored mm-hmm. kids do? They do crazy, crazy things. And so for her, she's, she's thrill-seeking essentially. And kind of being this puppeteer and enjoying every step of the way of holding Chizu by a string. And also knowing how high stakes it is for him. Because it gives her an adrenaline rush. So yes, after two episodes, I think everybody can safely say, if you didn't like this person, then you're crazy. I mean, if you like this person, you, then you are also <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I think I can agree with you on that. If you like this girl, you're crazy. Like you're you you lack some sort of social decency gene because this girl was just bleh. I did not like her. I mean, I think that's something that we should talk about. You know, the fact that there's more to a person than just meets the eye. If you look at Cutie, right? Mm-hmm. You would think there's nothing that she's lacking. You know, she's the only child of two very wealthy parents who have very, very, I mean, admittedly, she has pressure, but um, she has everything. Chizu, like when you look at his grades, he has perfect grades. He's top of his class. He looks like any other kid. But then as you start to chip away at it, you find out that he's completely alone. He's an orphan. His parents have run away from him. They've thrown him out. He literally has nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, how did you, were there any points where you guys felt like you can really sympathize with somebody or where you were like, oh yeah, this is completely unexpected. Like I never thought of it this way or didn't realize this person's character would be built up in this way. What's crazy is that there are probably a lot of kids and people that have that similar kind of upbringing, you know, Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. or the other, like whether it's not having parents or not supportive parents um, or just like, you know, being that rich kid who's just bored and doing crazy stuff. Uh, so I think that was what was fascinating is that there probably are people that are, you know, living that kind of life, maybe not the whole sex worker and obviously that the prostitution side of it, but, um, that kind of situation, I think it's, um, definitely possible. I mean, one thing that I I just was reminded of is I was listening to a story, a podcast, uh, a week or two ago and, and when coronavirus hit, everybody was saying how, you know, if you're in school, Right. A lot of kids, they're deeply affected by this because some kids really they rely on school to get fed, to have a meal. The other thing is there there was a story that sticks out in my head where um, this girl was going to college uh, and she's in college and she's her senior year. She's doing well. She's excited to graduate. Uh, but then because of coronavirus, everybody went home and everybody has to call into class for Zoom and for some people, calling into class from Zoom is not easy, you know, be it they don't have good internet or they don't have space in their tiny apartment where they share room with their mother, father, relatives. And with everybody economically being thrown off in, in so many different ways, suddenly she has to provide and help provide for her parents. Like there's so many things that we don't really see and we don't understand and I think this kind of just brought that back into the limelight. I mean, for me, it also reminded me of 
of middle and high school where I was, everybody's like, I hate wearing uniform. But at the same time, it was great because you don't know exactly, you know, who's technically better off or worse off just by wearing clothes. You right. Know? No, that's, Is that that's why they did that? Is that why uniforms were required? I always I thought it was because they wanted if... us to look the same. <laughs> but that, that well, I think, I mean, it's obviously, it, I mean, it's a combination of both, right? I mean, it also uh-huh. makes you look buttoned up. It's the same reason why people wear like suits and, uh, you know, work outfits, I think. I mean, it makes everybody look good. Um, mm-hmm. And also like when you're more buttoned up, it just looks more prestigious as well. Rather than like people wearing like… Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that Zeppelin is a part shirts. of it. I'm sure that's a part of it. But I think I, I like to think the other part of it really is it's to kind of you know, help people to feel like it's all, everybody's equal in a certain way. You know, we know that's not true. We know it's not possible. But Mm -hmm. if you don't have uniforms, it's very easy to stand out as, oh, this person is wearing the same thing over and over, or this person does not have, like, or other people show that they have better clothes or they're better off. Um, And that can automatically change the way that you perceive people. Um, I remember, Mm -hmm. like, First, I hated wearing uniform. And then once I got into like middle school and I had to wear a uniform, I was so glad that we did because what I thought was cool from public school and going to private school was not cool. And I can just imagine if I had worn what I was usually wearing, it would have been like horribly, horribly traumatic for me. Right. Abercrombie and Fitch. I still remember that. Oh, I, yeah. I was wearing Abercrombie Finch in sixth grade, oh. but then everybody's wearing what is it? Polo, Ralph Lauren, yeah. and like Sperry's, right? Uh-huh. Which is like thirty percent, forty percent more expensive. So that the non-uniform days were very, very difficult for us. I remember because we we're just like wearing Gap and Old Navy, and again, these are all great brands, but just the people that we were going to school with were like wearing Patagonia sweatshirts that are like two hundred, three hundred dollars, and then like. Leaving it around and not giving a shit about it because they're just like, I'll just buy another one. And I was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> but I um, had like no, I was like, what are these fake brands that people have invented? Where do they get these clothes that yeah. I've never heard of? It, and well, come to find yeah. they're expensive as hell. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think for the purpose of this show, you know, we like to talk about different topics and themes within uh, within the show itself. So I think this really just touches on that, you know, there is more to a person than meets the eye, especially in mm-hmm. school, in grade school. You don't know what people are coming from. And Eric, as you said, right. uh, kind of think twice before you're nasty to someone uh, because you just don't know what they're going through at home. Um, whether it's, it's family issues, economic issues, like I think it's very clear with Chizu, like this is obviously a very extreme end of the spectrum but i imagine there are a lot of kids like working side jobs and trying to support uh themselves to get through uh get through school and that that was something that really struck a nerve or you know tugged on my heartstrings i guess because his ambition is just something that should be given something so normal mm-hmm. uh and that's just mm-hmm. to go to school and and try to be educated and live a, a normal life but because he has a deadbeat father right. who's willing to loot him and not care anything about his future, um, it's like obviously running this operation is not good. But you know, like God, like, can he just make enough? 
so that he… You know, because he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to buy nice clothes or anything. He was literally just like, this is my allowance. This is my rent, my water bill, blah, blah, blah. And he had it all like budgeted out perfectly. Remember? Yeah. I mean, it was… It was… You know, obviously, this is a drama. And in, in no way are we condoning, you know, illegal acts of whatever or whatever kind. But I think it puts the viewer in this position of conflict because there is things where it's like, this is illegal or this is not right or society is not right. But for some people, it's the necessity. It is the way that they can… It's the only way that they can get by and they, they can make a living. Um, and mm-hmm. especially in the case of Chisu, he's like… He has like everything line itemed away where it's like, this is for my highlighter. This is for my book. This is for my pen. This is the only expense that I have. And it was watching that of just like him trying to make ends meet. And this actually brings me to another kind of topic that I'd I'd love to discuss where it's, you know, I, I think growing up, definitely I realized that we probably, we grew up with, I wanna say, a lot of privilege, a lot of privileges. Um, and it's important to mm-hmm. kind of recognize that. And I don't think I really recognized that until I really got into college. And I mean, like, I, I knew that, like, you know, there's always people better off than us. And and anywhere, for anybody, there's always people better off than there's worse off. Um, but I think when I got to college, there were certain things. I remember there was one point that was very humbling for me. Because um, even from freshman year, I had like an internship and I had these different opportunities. And even within the school year, I was always somehow luckily selected for really great opportunities to, to further my education. And I remember having a conversation. I was like, oh, like you should totally do this too. And like a friend was like, Eric, you have no idea how privileged you are that you can even consider taking this class or doing this service trip. Because while for you… You can say, yeah, you fundraised it. You worked your ass off to, to make the ends meet to make this happen. I don't have that luxury because I have to help support my mom and my younger sister. And I have to also pay for college completely out of pocket and take out tons of student loans. And for me, it's more about taking like a job that can actually pay something than taking an unpaid internship. And I think that's like this stuff where I got to college and I was like, oh, man. The world is just so unfair and unequal in mm-hmm. so many ways um, that mm-hmm. kind of blows blows my mind. Brian, yeah. what about you? I agree. What do you have to say about that? What my experience with that? I mean, I mean that's something that I've definitely recognized in college as well. I mean, I did a lot of. I feel like what gave me the competitive edge per se is like being able to just intern wherever for free, you know, like being able to cold email, cold reach out to people and be like, let me just work for free, you know? And I was very fortunate to be able to like, you know, make that proposition and even that cold email. But there's a lot of my friends who wouldn't be able to do that. You know, spending two, three months in New York on an unpaid internship is like pretty much virtually impossible unless like you have parents who can support you. Um, But that's kind of how I was able to, you know, get one internship and then get the next internship was a lot of like these unpaid internships. So no, I definitely, I definitely recognize that as well. Um, Right. For sure. And even thinking about different industries, right? Entertainment in particular, uh, you know, coming out here, starting from an agency system, 
they really assume mm-hmm. that you will have some sort of financial backing or some sort of financial mm-hmm. assistance to to get through the system. I mean, some of these places are like paying just a little over minimum wage, you know, $12 an hour. Um, and mm-hmm. they're just like, stick it through. No overtime. Just figure it out. But, you know, find your way to Beverly Hills. Live on the outskirts. And just just make it happen. You know, and that really weeds out so much potential talent. So when I see people like really living paycheck to paycheck to to work in entertainment, like I, I applaud them a lot. You know, I, I had actually done that for a couple of years and until Eric, you really started just like taking off. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's tough. It's like you have to hit a gold mine in entertainment because the barrier of entry is already low as is, but it, it pays shit. And so if we didn't have any sort of like safety net or assistance, like even that industry is impossible to survive. I mean, think about, think about like the risks we've taken, right? I feel like we wouldn't have made a lot of the decisions we had made if, you know, if our parents were in a tight spot, you know, because it would be, I would love to take this opportunity, but the safer thing, the less risky thing is to get a stable job so we can support our parents. But we don't really have that burden on us which is something that i think we're all very grateful for mm-hmm. for sure yeah. and so yeah i mean you know going back to the the chizu part so this was oddly reminiscent of saul uh from better call saul from our harry shum jr episode remember mm. um how saul is a crooked lawyer but he's been hit with such bad luck in a series of unfortunate events that he feels that he has to go this way you know, he's like, I'm a good guy. Like, I'm trying to make ends meet, but it's just nearly impossible in this town that I'm living in and the people that I'm surrounded with. So then he becomes a crooked lawyer. And we kind of see that mm-hmm. unravel and unpack itself over the first two episodes. And if you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, that was actually, uh, I believe it's like the the third or fourth episode with Harry Shum Jr. And that was a very, very central theme and something that we see reflected here, um, certainly in extracurricular. Word. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, speaking of, you know, just like struggles, you know, I, while there is this sense of struggle of, okay, making ends meet is tough. On the other side, you have Cutie who has everything. And she is dying to get into weird businesses and do weird stuff. Like, that's the other thing of like, I guess there's more to than meets the eye. Also, there's the struggles of a teenager. And just troubled kids. You know, I personally don't have a lot of experiences or friends who are troubled in that sense. Uh, I I know of people, but I feel like even just like one or two people away, there are plenty of people who have made poor choices who definitely uh, had everything seemingly, but just kind of threw it all away. I mean, that that also goes to... I mean, that goes to show because uh, pain and depression and anxiety and uh, all of these like unrealistic expectations that teens feel. So on on one end, you got a guy like Chizu who's like in a really, really bad spot. And then you got someone else that has like everything. You know, she's going to eat a meal every day. She's going to arrive at school in her Rolls Royce. But for her, you know, she also has a troubled past. 
And money doesn't solve issues. And we see that universally in, in everything in this world that we live in. Um, so her pain, it is, it's a different type of pain and struggle. But she's suffocated by her parents. And we see that in Sky Castle too. Like this is such a common thread uh, amongst these, you know, these Korean dramas we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember what it was like being a teen? And just like, just your daily struggles… And, and and what that felt like. I mean, obviously we know a lot more today. And looking back, it's a bit silly. But like, what were some of those things that you dude, felt were larger than life? Dude, do you know what still to this day, I'm just like in awe of and that mm-hmm. I'm shocked of is just how much stuff we were expected to do in a day as teenagers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what we were up at like 6.45 or 7 every day, every day right? Get to school. Mm-hmm. Do seven classes because yeah, seven classes in a day or six a day or something. But you have seven classes total. Then you have mm-hmm. after school like teacher time or whatever tutorials, and office then you hours. have soccer practice. Yeah, office hours, and then you have soccer practice, right? Then you get home maybe at like six. You have to eat dinner, uh, and then start doing homework and study for exams. Like. That's insane. Yeah. When I think about it, and if I'm like, <laughs> a mom, if I'm mom, like, how did she expect us to get really good grades if we're like, li- like, we don't have time to, to do homework? I don't even know how. I know I never missed homework. I'm not sure how I never missed homework, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it was literally just, like I'd be playing soccer, getting home at, at least eight or nine because our practices were so far away from our house. Um, I have no idea. I mean, if you had and if you had a game, if it had a game night, then you're just super screwed, right? Like, yeah, game night, traveling on the weekends, yeah. This really brings a lot of anger no towards idea. my teachers who just couldn't understand. Like, it, it's like six <laughs> to six to eight periods a day, and then giving us homework, and then like what to get into college, you have to do all these extracurriculars. And then like, yeah, Brian, like you said, to get back home at 9 p.m. and be expected to study and do homework. It's just crazy. I, I just remember every morning, Eric, when we would drive to school, just being exhausted. Like, I mean, the stuff we do yeah. today is exhausting. Don't get me wrong. But how could we wake up every day so sleepy? You know? I Do you know what? I have to admit something really scary. Mm. Like, I don't… I remember there would be… Like, I was so tired. Because I remember… I… Studied a lot. Like I would mm-hmm. be up easily till 2, 3 a.m. regularly. You know? Yeah. Uh, just studying. And I I think while you guys did more the athletic approach, I had to take the academic approach with like all the other stuff. And I was just exhausted mm-hmm. constantly. And there would be days where I literally would get into homeroom for the opening bell and I would wake up and I'm like, how did I get here? Mm. Like I had no recollection of how I got there. But I just remember where I was like, am I in robot mode? And Twilight it would scare zone. the crap out of me. Because I was like, how Like, how did I get here? Yeah. Um, it was, it was yeah. kind of nuts. Brian, did you do that too? I well, yeah. Now I think about it. Like, you know when you're so sleepy that you literally can't keep your eyes open? Yeah. I haven't… I haven't really had that feeling since high school. Um, mm-hmm. But that would happen a lot coming back from practice. Because, I mean, Eddie, our practices were like 45 minutes away. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, here's here's one thing. Far. 
Here's one thing that I don't think Oma understood. Eric, maybe you didn't understand either. Maybe actually, Eric, you do understand this because you're so physically active now after like a performance. A performance or just doing things physically. The one thing that people don't tell you, especially having played soccer in college, is that yes, you have your whole like coursework. You have to study in this and that. But guess what? When you play soccer, you're physically exerting energy. So for an hour and a half to two hours, you're running nonstop. You're getting your adrenaline up. You're stretching an hour before. Then you're an hour in the training room afterwards. So it's like a four-hour commitment. Three to four-hour commitment. And then you're expected to study for an exam and write a paper. And mind you, like, I didn't really drink coffee. Didn't really know caffeine that well because I was trying to avoid it. Still tastes like poop water to me. Um, But like just… It's not about the hours. It's not about time management. It's being physically exhausted. And then having to read and do these reports and prepare for things. So I I mean it's… I'm glad we picked up those skills. Brian, I see it with you too. And just like grinding it through. And having a certain level of grit. But I don't think people understand… Like it's not just three, four hours out of your day. You're exhausted. Yeah. I don't I think mean, anything. Eddie, will be I, I hear you, but I feel like you're just making a lot of excuses right now. <laughs> well, I gotta say, like, I think when I think back to high school, my grades, okay, my GPA was at like an 88. Okay, like that's not that bad. Yes, for someone that looks like me, it's quite bad. That's on the on the <laughs> border of failing. And I get that. But having said that, not many people that look like us also played sports. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see more people doing it. But like how hard is that to explain to an immigrant parent where you're just like, Mom, I am exhausted. I just drove 45 minutes through traffic to go back and forth. And you know, luckily I got into college with soccer. So whatever. I, I won. <laughs> Had that not happened, yes. Mom doesn't need to love me. <laughs> <laughs> that can be disappointing. Yeah. But you know, we got in through, you know, through that. So I think I think even like, you know, college football players, basketball players, like I know everybody on the outside looking in can say, oh, like, you know, they have college counselors helping them get in and stuff. You're like, dude, have you do you know what they go through <laughs> to get to that yeah. point? Uh they're putting mm-hmm. their sweat and hours into something else. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. obviously very empathetic towards the the student athlete, but I wish more people could see that that it, it that it's way more than just playing a sport. Mm-hmm. And if someone's got to write a cool. paper for them, you know, yeah. like let them write the paper. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that ever <laughs> happened for me though. Wait, okay, come clean. Did you ever have anybody do your homework for you? No, I, Eric. Honestly, like he just didn't soccer do it. is not big enough of a sport in this country. So like the student advisory people, like they're giving it to like the big money-making programs, i.e. hockey in the Northeast and like our football and basketball programs. For us, I'm like, hey guys, like could 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 someone help me on this? They're just like, yo, get lost. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean like even Are you in, talking high about school, in high school. Like, yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> no one's ever written a paper for me. But yes, my wife, Brittany Nam. She helped me a lot. Okay. And there are times that when we wake up 6 a.m., get to school by 7 a.m., and then we're in homeroom by 7.30, I have a very fine window of 7 a.m. to 7.30 to copy someone's homework. 
And a lot of times that was my my current wife who understood the vision. We're going to start our life together. We're going to start our life together. I said, step oh one. If we're going to be together for life, you have got to help me get this homework. I can't do, you know, geology and freaking public speaking. To, like, please help me. And she's like, I got you. I think in like, in like 15 years, we may get married. I was like, okay, let's go. Like, help me out. People didn't see it, but we had a plan. A 15-year okay, plan. That's good. I'm really glad that's that 15-year plan worked out. That's that's love. That's true love. That's a lot of forward thinking. I'm very proud of you. You were beyond your years. Even though we didn't start dating until about, what? Nine, ten years later? It was always in the back mm-hmm. of our heads. Okay. Wait, you know, how right? long do you guys there know you each go. other? Is that like 26 years? What are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about, Brian? Brian, uh, you're uh, horrible. 16, I said, 16 years. Yeah. 26 Brian. years? Guys, 26. sorry. I've, I, I, I've been up for like so long right now. I'm like… Fair enough. Kind of delusional. <laughs> yeah, that was a <laughs> crazy comment. We'll just, we'll just roll over it. Anyways. <laughs> I've been up for what else, what, else, what else should we discuss about this? What else can we discuss? Uh, I mean, okay. There's one thing I'm scared to talk about. Just because I'm not very educated in this space. And I don't want to talk casually about it. Right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's about sex work. And it's about prostitution. And that kind of stuff. Obviously, there's there's such depth to it. And and there's a, a severity and a weight that needs to come with this conversation. Almost to the point where as I was watching this drama, I felt uncomfortable… Because it felt so real in many ways. You know? Um, I think that for me, when you start the drama… Like when you start the drama, that can be very, very like off-putting to a lot of people. As the drama continues, it is a it is a constant theme throughout the drama. But it is not about sex work or sex trafficking. Um, but it was a very, very… There were points where it was very difficult to watch and stressful to watch for me, you know. Um, so like that's like something that mm-hmm. I feel like we we, you know, it's on our outline where we could have a discussion about it. But to be very honest with our listeners and with you guys, I just don't know how to go about it. It's like one of those things where I feel like we need an expert to come in on it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I I will definitely say I'm not qualified to speak on this topic. Um, I mean, definitely- if there's anything. If there's anything that we could mention on it, I feel like it is very timely in the sense that um, sexual crimes, assaults, uh, cyber sex trafficking have been very, very real issues in Korea. They have been massive controversial scandals um, in Korea Mm -hmm. that involve both celebrities and just everyday people. Um, And it's a very, very serious issue. And so… I think it is something that does need more people speaking up about and more conversation around. And I think the other mm-hmm. thing is the fact that I feel uncomfortable addressing this also points to the fact that there needs to be more dialogue, right? I think with mental health, with sex work, with anything, anything that could be quote unquote controversial, we need to get to a place where we can have conversations about it so we can help solve the problem, whatever that problem is. I just don't feel like Mm -hmm. we've had that 
that exposure or that conversation um, to be able to have those mm-hmm. informed decisions. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with that. And in a lot of ways, obviously, this is a Korean drama. It's got famous actors in it. But um, as much as they want to just pose this as the setting of the entire show, right? And you, and like we discussed earlier, we like we want Chizu to win. And in his mind, he's formulated this as like, a, I'm providing security services for something that's already going to happen. And I'm helping these people anyways. Um, yeah, it's it's just not right. And it's a very touchy subject across the board. And looking outside of this, just being a drama, like there's some serious issues going on. Mm-hmm. And so um, I agree with you, Eric. Dialogues need to be had similar to your conversations about like mental health and things that are considered taboo, not only in Korea, but just universally, right? Um, I mean, the more we become comfortable with these topics, I think that's when real solutions and, uh, you know, things get better. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah, I think it's, although we're not qualified per se to talk on it, I do think it's important that we do educate ourselves and are open to that discussion. So, I mean, yes, there are sensitive subject matters here. And I think if anything, um, while the the subject matter can be difficult to digest at some points, um, I think part of the reason that this drama is, it's, I personally felt like it's a good drama in its entirety. And I also appreciated that it did approach some of the subjects that it did, such as sex work and abuse, because it forces people to kind of develop thoughts about it and to discuss it the way that we are doing now, right? If we had never seen this drama, we wouldn't be forcing ourselves to say, hey, let's have a discussion where we can kind of talk about some of the things that were troubling to us and what can we do down the road, you know, to help people who may be in these situations. Like that's the kind of stuff that I think when you watch a show like this, the good can come out of it. And so I think when we think about, yes, we, we're we not qualified to talk about some of these deeper, harder hitting issues, but just as viewers and as people who appreciate content for what it is, I think it does provide a lot of value um, when it comes to the social commentary that it does. Now, for the purposes of this show, Commit or Quit, um, you know, we do have to say and decide, are we going to commit to this show or are we going to quit this show? And I think it's about that time we just go ahead and make that decision. So I guess, Brian, starting with you, are you going to commit to this show or are you going to quit it? I mean, I've already watched the entire thing. So this is actually the fastest I've ever binged a K-drama. I think mm-hmm. it took me three, four days. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I watched the entire thing and this was actually before we actually even decided to record this. I just, for some reason, right. just watched the first episode and couldn't stop. And then I think that's what happened with all of us. We all just kind of like, like, did you guys watch Extra Curricular? That was like really good. And then we all just found out that we had all like binged it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a clear commit for me. I think it's an amazing, amazing uh, series and show. Mm-hmm. Eddie, what about you? Yeah, this is a commit for me. Uh, it. it- in a lot of ways, it felt like a train wreck where you just can't look away. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. make you, I'll be honest, it doesn't make you feel good by any means. And it's like, it's darker than anything we ever watched. I've honestly never seen like anything dark in like the Korean drama format. So this was new. And and even watching with Brittany, she really wanted to stop after like episode one and two. But then 
we're just like, let's keep going. And so mm-hmm. we went through it. But again, it's unique. It touches on some really important things. And just from a entertainment value standpoint, like I thought the acting is phenomenal and the storyline really pulls itself together. Eric, how about yourself? Mm-hmm. I, For me, this is a commit. And like Brian, I've already completed the entire season. Um, I think... You know, just the tone of this conversation that we've had today, it is darker, it is deeper, it is a little more stressing. But I thought it was very entertaining uh, when it comes to just being a crime uh, kind of thriller slash, you know. So it is equally entertaining. It is equally heartbreaking and stressful. But it's one of those thrillers that's not like a just pure violence, like everybody die or whatever. But it's it has like a soul and it makes you think and it makes you think of the complexity of culture and society and people and how we live our lives so i think it was very well acted i thought it was well produced and i like brian completed this probably in three or four days and by the end of it i was like oh my god when's season two coming that's all i could think of wait there, so is there a season two wait uh, you I guys think, can't really what? disclose if it's a season two or not oh i'm just there is no season like it's not been stated out there, but okay. for me, oh. that ending, there's got to be a season two. There has to be a yeah. season two. And I did a quick neighbor search, and one of the automatic things that pops up is extracurricular season two. Question when mark. is it coming? Where is it? Mm. Yeah. That so, last episode's pretty wild. Guys, yeah. I was like, so, hold back. Don't tell yeah. anything. So <laughs> without spoiling anything more, uh, I think yeah. it's a three out of three commit for all of us. It may not be for everybody. It may be too dark for some people. It may be too sensitive for some people. So, you know, don't force yourself to watch it if you're not feeling it. But I think if you are of service of a certain age and you are not afraid to have these thoughts and questions and kind of make these debates with yourself or with the people that you watch shows with, then I would recommend that you go for it. So, yeah, cool. that's me. All right, so that brings us to the end of another episode of Commit or Quit. I hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on extracurricular, particularly episodes one and two. I know we have a quite a broad spectrum of discussion today. And um, I think all of us felt a little uncomfortable being too light and bright and happy and laughing when it came to the show because it is such a sensitive topic. But I hope you guys mm-hmm. enjoyed a different pace of show today. Um, one that may be a little more slow, a little more intentional in how we spoke. Um, but anyways, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, as always, let us know if you agree with our decision to commit to it or quit watching Extracurricular. Uh, tag us on Twitter at The Dive Studios to let us know your thoughts. Uh, you know, we are always checking different tweets. So, you know, keep it up. Uh, We want to stay as engaged as possible with you guys. Yep. And be sure to subscribe to Dive Studios on YouTube at youtube.com slash Dive Studios and follow us on Instagram at the Dive Studios. You can also support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash Dive Studios. And lastly, well, two things, two things. First of all, on Dive Studios, we have a new show. It's called Nonsensible with Sam and Dave. Sam is a TV personality, comedian, actor. Dave is a YouTuber. They have some really fascinating friends that they bring on the show. It was surprisingly, Mm -hmm. for me, hilarious. A lot of stuff where I was like, these people have very interesting lives (laughs) and stories. 
Um, so check it out and be sure to subscribe to their show. Also subscribe to our show and leave us a rating review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast from. So, Brian, you want to say anything else? No, you guys pretty much covered it all. Um, but yeah, subscribe. Right. Click that subscribe button. And we'll see you guys on next week's episode. Sounds right. good. Have a good one, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.